dependable, dependable God It doesn't matter what comes my way, you are still God Intentional, intentional God Doesn't matter what comes my way, you are still God. Yeah, yeah. Intentional, intentional God. Everything is working out for my good. Yeah. You love me too much, oh. Too much, oh, too much, oh, excess love, oh. Yeah. You love me too much, oh. You love me too much, oh. Excess love, oh. Thank you for loving me too. Unconditionally, Lord, thank you for loving me too much. Thank you for loving me too much. Unconditionally, thank you for loving me too much. Thank you for loving me. Where would I have been? Where would I have been without you? You love me too much, oh. Oh, Kakame, Nahin, you be. You are A to Z, and everything in between, no. Amamamasyamasyo. Now you be the most high king. Eche to biezike, odiro yedika ki. Amamamasyamasyo. Now you be the most high king. Eche to biezike, odiro yedika. Now I'm standing here only because you made. Now I'm standing here only because you made. Now I'm standing here only because you made away. In the name of Jesus. Beloved, I want to welcome you especially to this teaching Thursday where it will be the pure teaching of God's word. We're about to learn and go deep and dive into the word of God in the name of Jesus. If you haven't invited your friends already, please go ahead, invite them right now. It is important that we all come together to study and learn the word of God. God bless you, even as you do that. Tonight, in one minute, I just want you to lift your voice and begin to speak to the Lord. Ask him to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to speak to you. Yes, to help your understanding. Can you you go ahead in one minute and do that? Can you do that? Lift your voice and begin to whisper to him. Mighty God. 
Yes. Can you do that in one minute? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Madabazuda bagada bragada bazudi begede getis. Go ahead. Gapazidi biadoshke pahayas. My God. Go ahead. Zada bazo di biadoshka padaya Mighty God. Whisper to him. Tell him that tonight you need help. That he should help you. Help your understanding. My God. Through the study. Study of his word. That he will help. Our understanding is fruitful. Our understanding is only fruitful by the agency of the Holy Ghost. Yes, can you do that? My God. Zede bazuda bayada bayas. Badi brando jibriados ki paris kabaando yas. It's happening. My God. In the name of Jesus. Beloved, I welcome you once again to this Thursday teaching. God bless you for tuning in. If you haven't shared the link, make sure you invite your friends and your family. I keep telling you, if your whole circle is praying, it's only a matter of time. You will win, mighty God. Yes, so cause your circle to pray. You cannot be in a non-praying circle. You'll be in trouble very soon. So cause your circle. Invite those around you to join us this evening to hear the word of the Lord. Tonight, I'm speaking on the subject of faith. I'm speaking on the subject of faith in the name of Jesus. Hear me? Faith is something that has become critical in this season in this time faith is something that there has been a lot of arguments about they call us stupid for having a certain kind of faith they call us foolish for exhibiting and demonstrating a certain kind of faith amen and you know it is risky to have faith and not to have the proofs that accompany faith That is a risk. And you cannot continue on that path of professing faith without the proofs that accompany faith. Tonight, our anchor scripture is Hebrews chapter 11. Tonight, we are studying. So if you have a pen and a book, that will help. And then your Bible. Tonight we are studying. I'm just going to keep it simple. So that we can go through it and understand the subject of faith. Hebrews 11.1. 1, the Bible said, now faith. Now faith is the substance of things hopeful. The evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen this scripture means that faith is actually a currency faith is actually tangible because it is a substance of the things we hope for 
It is the evidence of the things we do not see. That is what faith is. So, for you to engage this kind of faith, there must be things you must follow. Amen? It is not just like, I want to exhibit this kind of faith. No. There are things that make the faith you want to exhibit sure. Those are the things we are going to deal with. Because you see, only charged people can make a change to their world. And it takes faith to become a charged person. Mighty God. So if you find any man who is full of faith, that man is a charged man. And it's only a matter of time. He will make a change to his world. So, the first thing I want to say about faith is that faith that lacks proofs is no faith at all. Faith that lacks proofs is no faith at all. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So there must be proofs attached to this faith. So faith that lacks proofs is no faith at all. And it also takes a level of spiritual violence by this kind of faith to fulfill a man's glorious destiny. Glorious destiny is not fulfilled by word of mouth. It is fulfilled through spiritual violence, through faith. That is what it takes to fulfill your glorious destiny. I'm speaking on the subject of faith. And you see, what we cannot prove from the Bible, what we cannot establish from the word of God, it only becomes a stretch of our own imagination. Am I communicating? Yes. So this is not a stretch of my imagination. These are realities. So look at 1 Timothy 6.12. Everything we are going to talk tonight is from the Bible. 1 Timothy 6.12 He said, fight the good fight of faith. So faith is not mere talk. Faith is a fight. Hallelujah. So faith is not just mere talk. I have faith. I have faith. No, it is a fight. So there is a kind of faith that produces results. And that kind of faith is what tonight I call the violent faith. That is what is needed in this end time. Because the kind of faith we need to establish the frontiers of this kingdom, to propel the gospel, to move this gospel from where it was left to us to the next level, it will take violent faith. So you will realize, Jesus speaking, he said, will I find this kind of faith? Will this kind of faith be found in the earth when the Son of Man shall return? Luke 8 Luke 18, verse 1 to 8. So the woman pestered the unjust judge and, and, and she got the desired results. So Jesus looked at it and said, Will this kind of faith be found? That is violent faith. Violent faith. Tonight I'll try to define what faith is. I'll try to go into why faith is needed i'll try to go into the characteristics of violent faith i will try to go into some examples biblical examples of the exhibition of this kind of faith and then i will show you what it is that empowers faith mighty god amen there is no two ways about the battle lines being drawn There is no ambiguity 
about we being in battle. Let nobody kid you. We are in battle. And this kind of battle, it would only take violent faith to overcome. In Hebrews 2.11, the Bible said he was not ashamed to call us brethren. I'm showing you the genesis of this thing they call faith. So we belong to the same lineage as the Christ. He was called the lion of the tribe of Judah. And if we belong to the same lineage, then we are also lions. And in Proverbs 30.30, the Bible said, The lion is the strongest of the beasts, and it turns away for no other. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 30. Look at it. Tonight, scripture upon scripture. Proverbs 30.30. God punished the devil. Look at it. A lion, which is strongest amongst beasts, and turneth not away for any. There is no anxious lion in the bush. There is no lion who is anxious, filled with anxiety, at the least sound is trying to run. No. That is not how lions behave, mighty God. Lions are bold. Lions, they turn away for no other. They have their territories under control. So all that is needed for your violent faith to come alive is to stir up that lion that is in you. My God. Is to stir up that lion. To activate that lion dimension of you. Is to step into that level of boldness. Is to step into that dimension where your faith becomes violent faith. My God. Tonight. I want to define what faith is. So we are writing, what is faith? Faith is a mystery. It is not a principle. It is not a theory. It is a mystery. It is a mystery. Because it will not make sense to the outside world. It will not make sense to those who are outside this kingdom. So in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 9, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. Holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. Faith is a mystery. It's not a principle. It's not a theory. It's not a suggestion. It is a mystery. Number two, Faith is a spiritual empowerment for victory. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. Faith is a spiritual empowerment for victory. And my speech and my preaching was not in the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not rest or stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the Lord. So faith is a spiritual empowerment for victory. The third thing, number three. Faith is an unstoppable force in the spirit. And whatever cannot stop God cannot stop your faith that is placed in God. Whatever cannot stop God cannot stop your faith that you have placed in God. It is faith that turns the word of God into power. Am I communicating? Faith turns the word of God into power. Romans 1.16 
For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. That word believeth there is everyone who has faith in the word. So the moment your, your faith rests in the word, that word, he said, is the power of God. So it is faith that converts the word of God into power. Number four. I'm running fast. Number four. Faith is not a gentle stuff, but a violent force. Faith is not a gentle stuff, but a violent force. Mark 2. You know, in Mark 2, when you read the verse 4 downwards, you will realize that there were four men who had a paralytic friend. And they pressing to go in to see Jesus because they heard that Jesus was preaching somewhere. And they wanted to go see Jesus so bad that the crowd was so much, they couldn't carry their friend to go see Jesus. Do you know what they did? They tore the roof. Yes. They tore the roof and let their friend down. And the Bible said, look at verse 5. Mark chapter 2, verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, my God, your faith can be seen. When Jesus saw their faith, the doctor said you can never have children. But when Jesus saw your faith, because you have started buying children's clothes, <laughs> they said you can never amount to anything in this family. But when Jesus saw your faith, hear me? Mark chapter 2, verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Mighty God. When Jesus saw their faith, your faith can be seen. And that is faith in action. That is faith in action. You see, your faith must be the kind of faith that is in action. You have a land. There is everything, struggle, everything. Your faith must be seen. Yes. Your children are going to school, no school fees. Your faith must be seen. My God, you ask me, how will my faith be seen when my children have no school fees to go to school? I'm telling you, there are dimensions. You see, there are many testimonies as to how people defeated lack and want how people defeated poverty by faith so you have to you have to inquire of those testimonies and begin to work according to them this is not gimmicks this is not trying to make you emotionally high these are spiritual truths and you see every spiritual truth you receive it must be tested except it goes through that test of fire we cannot establish that it is true. So faith is not a gentle stuff, but a violent stuff. Number five. Faith is not a religious logic. Faith is a spiritual weapon. Faith is not a religious logic, but faith is a spiritual weapon. Mighty God. Ephesians 6, 16. Ephesians chapter 6. Look at verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench, look at it, all the fiery darts of the wicked. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. When you have this thing called faith in your hand, it doesn't matter what the devil will throw at you. He said you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. So it doesn't matter what the enemy is throwing. 
It doesn't matter what weapon he is using. The Bible said all the darts that he will fire, you will be able to quench it by what? By the shield of faith. So the, the real crisis is not that God will come and quench the fiery darts. He said, take you now this shield of faith wherewith you, not God, you, my God, Jacatus Caparietes, you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. That is faith. So faith is not a, a religious logic. Yeah, where we, we used to console ourselves. No, that is not faith. Faith is not a religious logic, but a spiritual weapon. Number six, faith opens you up to unlimited possibilities. Faith opens you up to unlimited possibilities. You see, when Jesus was speaking in Mark 9, 23, he said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. But you remember that he said, these things are impossible unto men, but with God, all things are possible. And now he's telling you that if only you will have faith, all things are possible to you. What does it mean? It means that you can tap into the wavelength of God. That's what he's saying. He's saying that with faith, you can tap into the wavelength of God. Oh my. When you have faith, what, what, what do you put your faith in? When you put your faith in God, when your faith is strong, your faith is resolute, your faith is violent, my God. He said, all things are possible unto you. Some people are actually dealing with death. And their faith is so strong. And on the account of that faith, death is rolled back. My God. <laughs> yes, I'm telling you. So your faith opens you up to unlimited possibilities because there is no impossibility in God. And he says, if thou, if you can believe, if you can have faith as a grain of mustard, you will say unto this mountain, move to yonder and it will obey. It stands to reason that with faith, there are no impossibilities. Tonight, I'm speaking on the subject of faith. You must understand that to be a Christian, to walk the walk that Christ walked, it must be that walk of faith. That's what the Bible said. We walk by faith, not by sight. Because what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That is why it is dangerous to walk by sight because if you are only waiting to see before you believe, you become like Thomas. And Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen yet they believe. This is what faith is about. You have not physically seen the thing, but you believe and with that belief, your faith makes that thing manifest. My God. I don't know anybody who is driving up a hill that he cannot see in front of him and he will get down from the car and go and check if there is another car coming before he will come and sit in his car and move. Normally what happens is that your faith tells you that this lane is for me. As long as I am going up on my lane, I am not supposed to meet any other car in my lane. For me to have any kind of accident am i communicating this is physical kind of faith this is this is the physical kind of faith even when you are driving and you get to a place where you don't see maybe in front of you very well there the distance is very short you don't get down to go and check what is in the cave before you negotiate it no by faith my god so faith is expressing your everyday life but there is another kind of faith it is called the violent kind of faith the child has not come, but you are praising God for the child. Oh my, the new job has not come, but with the eye of faith, you have seen the new job and you are thanking God violently for the job. That is what faith is. So it doesn't mean that I have to have everything under control before I exhibit this kind of faith. No, 
Sometimes I am also afraid too. Sometimes I am also in a shaky situation. But you see, that kind of faith that is on my inside, it will not allow me. That is how a Christian must be. You must walk in this kind of faith with brazen boldness. The doctor said one thing. You defy it. Hear me, whose report shall you believe? The doctor said you had cancer. Ah, my God. By faith. Hear me. The next point. Let me run fast. The next point is faith can reverse the seemingly irreversible. My God. Faith can reverse that which seems impossible. It can reverse it. Was it not in John chapter 11 that Lazarus died and they called Jesus to come and raise this Lazarus. They called Jesus to come and first they called him to come and heal him because Lazarus was sick but he didn't come. And it was up to four days. He gets to where Mary and Martha was. And they said, Lazarus is dead. He said, he shall live again. And, and, and Martha and Mary began to talk about the resurrection. They said, yes, we are aware that he will be resurrected in the last day. He said, no, I am the resurrection. Full of faith. My God, that is the speech of faith. Jesus was full of faith. He said, I'm not talking about that kind. I am the resurrection. I am here now. Your brother is only sleeping. I have come to wake him up. Who speaks like that? A man full of faith. A man who knows that his words, that the word of the Lord in his mouth carry power and that his words can turn things around. That is a man who understands the place of faith. So faith can reverse the seemingly irreversible. That's John chapter 11. You can read the whole chapter. Mighty God. Now the eighth one is that faith is being fully persuaded of the truth. The prevailing circumstances notwithstanding. Listen. Faith is being fully persuaded of the truth. The prevailing circumstances notwithstanding. There may be prevailing circumstances around you that is contrary to the word of God, but you called the word of God supreme over those circumstances. That is faith. That is faith. Romans chapter 4. Look at verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Whilst this statement was made, the man Abraham had no child. Look at it. (laughs) My God. But look at verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. Mm -hmm. When the word of the Lord came to Abraham, that he was going to be the father of many nations. He didn't have a child. He was old. Sarah's womb was dead. But the Bible said he did not consider his own body, which was dead. Or Sarah's womb, which was good for nothing. But he believed against hope that he would become the father of many nations. Hear me? If God has spoken, hold on to it. By faith, Hold on to it. Let nothing sway you. Let nothing move you off course. Let nothing take you away from the word of God. If God has spoken to you, surely you will see the manifestation. If only you can hold on to it. That is what faith does. That is what faith looks like. That is what faith does. So faith is being fully persuaded of the truth. The prevailing circumstances notwithstanding. That is faith. So the next question is, why do I need faith? That's the next question. Very important question. 
Why do I need faith? The first thing, there are giants in everybody's promised land. So you need faith to possess your possessions. Yes. There are giants in everybody's promised land and you will need faith to possess your possessions. So you will realize in Numbers chapter 13, verse 25 downwards, that those spies were sent. But in Numbers 14, 6 to 10, you will realize Joshua and Caleb said, let us go up now, for we are able to take the land. There will be giants in your promised land. There will be giants, no matter who you are, there will be giants in the land where God is sending you. But it will take faith. It will take faith. It will take violent faith to dislodge the giant and possess your possessions. The second thing is that there will always be a Red Sea to cross to your promised land. There will always be a Red Sea. You see, this Red Sea here is is representative of obstacles. There will always be obstacles in your way to your promised land. Always, not sometimes, always. There will be obstacles. There will always be obstacles. So you need faith, violent faith, to part the Red Sea and to get to the other side. There will always be the swelling of the Jordan. There will always be the swelling of the Jordan, but it will take faith for you to go to the other side of the Jordan. It will always take violent faith to possess your possessions. The third thing why faith is needed is that the enemy will always resist you from entering your glorious destiny. Always, not sometimes, always. The enemy will always resist you from entering your glorious destiny. 1 Corinthians 16.9 Paul says, A great and an effectual door has been opened unto me, but there are many adversaries. Many adversaries. Many people are fighting this open door. So it is not a matter of being calm. No. Faith must be violent. You must dislodge the adversary. So the enemy will always resist you from entering your glorious destiny. Now let's look at characteristics of violent faith. What are the characteristics of violent faith? The first thing is that violent faith is spiritually resolute in the revealed truth of God's word. It's a spiritually resolute in the revealed truth of God's word. If God's word becomes a revealed truth unto you, then you must be spiritually resolute in it. The word says, the word of the Lord says, that saith the Lord. You see, you are not bending. You are not flinching. You are immovable. You are unshakable. You are unbendable. You are firm, resolute in God's word. This is how you win. That is violent faith. Violent faith also makes you confidently restful. You are always at rest. There is no anxiety because you know who you have believed. You know where your faith stands. You are confidently restful. The next thing about faith is that it takes a violent posture. My God, it takes a violent posture. You realize how Paul dealt with Elimas. Elimas, you'll be blind for a season. It takes a violent posture. 
there is something on the inside. When somebody wants to discredit the word of God, there is something on my inside. It will just speak. So get the word of the Lord in your spirit. Oh my. Somebody told you, in 24 hours I'm going to kill you and you are quiet. No, that is not faith. Oh my. <laughs> when two powers crash, the lesser one will always bow. Come on now. It is not your God that is about to bow to one stupid deity somewhere. Am I communicating? It is not your God that is about to bow to one fetish priest somewhere. No. When two powers clash, the lesser one will bow. Oh my. Your faith must be resolute. It must make you confidently restful. Somebody said they will kill you. My God. And your faith... It's making you afraid and you have gone into hiding. No way. My God. I said no way. Ah. Violent faith, it takes the posture of if I perish, I perish. And you see, anybody who says if I perish, I perish, they never perish. Yes. So there is no perishing for the man who says if I perish, I perish. It makes you confidently restful. The fourth thing about violent faith is that it goes on the offensive. Violent faith goes on the offensive. It attacks. It takes the war to the doorstep of the enemy. That is what violent faith is. Violent faith takes the war to the gates of the enemy. My God. Hear me. This attitude of me, I have not wronged anybody, so nobody can wrong me, or nobody should do anything to me. Devil, leave me alone. That kind of attitude doesn't go anywhere. You must be on the offensive perpetually, taking the battle to the gates of the enemy. Have you not read your Bible? He said, you will possess the gate of thy enemies. My God. It didn't say they will attack you for you to defend yourself. He said you will possess, it means you will go on the offensive. My God. Joshua and Caleb, they said, let's go up at once for we are able to take this land. That is violent faith. And violent faith makes you spiritually bold my god it makes you bold yeah man the nature of violent faith is that it does not look beggarly one fetish priest called you and said that they have brought you here that i should kill you and he begins to sing some songs that are even not in tune and because of that you are afraid and you say, what can I do so that you don't kill me? Should I send you money? Oh my God. Which, which Christian is this one? <laughs> you, the fetish please, uh, priest plus your gods, you will catch fire the same moment. Whether it is a scam or not, you will catch fire. My God. That is violent faith. They brought you here that I should kill you. And he begins to sing some strange hymns. And you are shivering. And you say, can I send you money so that you don't kill me? My God. That is not violent faith. That is faith that looks beggarly. Don't don't let your faith look beggarly. Stand your ground. Stand as a militant. My God. Let that faith stir up something on the inside. In the name of Jesus. Hear me? I'm wrapping up. What empowers your faith? That's the last thing I'm going to deal with. What empowers your faith? Why is it that some people looks like their faith is so high and others it looks like there is no faith at all? One person is raising the dead. The other common headache, he can't deal with it. My God. So what accounts for this kind of difference? So I'm asking, what empowers faith? The first thing is the Holy Spirit. You must be drunk. (laughs) There must be this drunkenness about your life. 
And that drunkenness is not, I'm not talking about being drunk with wine. I'm talking about the drunkenness that is found in Ephesians 5.18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, there is this boldness that comes upon you. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you are no longer beggarly. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you are no longer afraid. It casts out fear. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, your faith comes alive. Violent faith is stirred within you. That is why you realize in Acts chapter 2, Peter, who was called Simon, who was a shaking reed, all of a sudden became a rock. When the Holy Ghost came, mighty God. That's why Jesus, in Acts chapter 1, verse 6 downwards, he told them, tarry you now in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere. The Holy Ghost is about to come. And it's going to bring you into power. Yes, yes. So that you become my witnesses. And you see, in Acts chapter 2, because don't forget that Peter was a man who had just betrayed Jesus some few moments ago. He had betrayed Jesus. A little girl said, I know this guy. He's part of the crew. He said, me? I don't even know this Jesus guy. But what happened to Peter in Acts chapter 2? He stood up and said, you people, you kill Jesus. The same Jesus that you crucified. God has raised him from. What kind of faith is this? What kind of boldness is this? It comes from the Holy Ghost. So anybody who partners the Holy Ghost, who is filled with the Holy Spirit, your faith comes alive. Your faith comes alive. There is no stopping to your faith. When you are partnering with the Holy Spirit, there is no stopping to your faith. The second thing is that you have to minister to the Lord. Minister to the Lord. Whisper to the Lord. Psalm 92 verse 1 and 2. He said it is a good thing to say, to to give thanks unto the Lord. Then the verse 10, he said, My horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. That I will be anointed with fresh oil. That empowers you to walk in this kind of violent faith. The third thing you must know is the word of God. It empowers your faith. The word of God. I want to show you. Isaiah 55 verse 1. The word of God. Without the word of God, your faith is useless. Let nobody kid you. Let nobody tell you otherwise. I am telling you that without the word of God, your faith will amount to nothing because your faith will not have any foundation, any platform upon which it is operating. And faith cannot operate in vacuum. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 1. Who? Everyone that tested Come ye to the waters. He that had no money, come ye, buy, eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. He said, come and eat freely of the word. Come. And look at verse 11. He said, so shall my word be. (laughs) So it means that the word of God is not void. The word of God becomes the platform upon which your faith is built. So the third thing you must know, that the word of God will empower your faith. You cannot be full of scripture and be absent in faith. It happens nowhere. You cannot be full in scripture and be absent in faith. No. When you are full of scripture. I remember when I was reading my Bible and I discovered that the devil came to Jesus, the anointed one, my God. I thought the devil could not come near Jesus because Jesus had just finished 40 days, 40 nights fasting. He he was full of power, but he needed another thing. He needed the word of God. The the devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God indeed, can you turn this this stone into bread? Jesus said, it is written. The it is written component was found in him. His faith had a platform. The it is written component must be found in you. You cannot walk this life without the it is written component. My God. The it is written component must be found in you. As a Christian, the it is written component is most key for your faith. My God. 
The fourth thing you have to know is prayer. Prayer empowers your faith. You remember the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse, I think 9 to 17. You remember the story of Hannah. When, when, the, when the priest saw Hannah, he said, woman, put your wine away from you. Hannah was drunk with prayer. Hannah was drunk with prayer. So prayer increases your faith. For we do not know what we ought to pray for. And you see, prayer is sponsored by the Holy Ghost. Prayer is sponsored by the Holy Ghost. That's why he said, Dearly beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Your faith is built when you pray. So prayer empowers your faith. The next thing, that will be the fifth thing that empowers faith is testimony. My God, is testimony. Is testimony. He said, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19.10. The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. My God. So the more we share the testimonies of the Lord, it is almost as if it is a prophetic word to us. Our faith comes alive. When you buy books and you are reading Christian books and you are reading the testimonies of others, it is sowing some seeds inside you. If God could do this for this man, he can do it for me. Mighty God. I remember when I read Derek Prince's book, They Shall Expel Demons. I said, oh, this man, he started off not even knowing anything about the demonic. He started off not knowing that he could expel demons. But when I read his book, Oh, the man at the end could cast out Amadush Kepadayas. It did something to me. <laughs> I said, if Derek Prince could do it, mighty God. So, all of a sudden, the things that were written in the Bible uh, about, for instance, the madman of Gadara, as Jesus cast out, it was no longer a story, it became a reality. So, testimonies also have a way of bringing your violent faith to life. So testimonies empower your faith. Look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119. God punished the devil. Look at verse 111. He said, Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever. For they are the rejoicing of my heart. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever. For they are the rejoicing of my heart. You see, the person who wrote this psalm was talking from experience. The person who wrote this psalm brought down Goliath on the strength of testimonies. When he encountered Goliath, he said, The God that gave me the lion and the bear he will deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into my hand today. So, it was on the strength of testimonies. My God. So, the more you hear other people's testimony, don't get jealous. It is a seed. It is doing something to you. It is just telling you that if God could do this for this person, he would do it for me. It is not time to get jealous and try to find flaws with somebody's testimony and begin to hate on the person and everything. No, that is not how we're brought up. We're brought up to know that the testimonies of somebody, they are only a seed to me. So if somebody could rise from nothing, could come from a background with no advantage, then me too, God can do it for me. That is the whole principle of testimonies. Yes. So you, you may not have children now. Somebody has children and, and God has done it for him. She waited five years and had, had twins and they come to testify in front of everybody and you are jealous. God, why are you treating me this way? God, you are unfair. No. What you have to do is that, Lord, I thank you. 
thank you for the twins you gave to this sister. If you could do it for them, you would do it for me. It is my own turn for a miracle. It is my, my, that's how faith works. That is how faith works. So your faith is not supposed to be making you jealous over the prosperity of others, but it's supposed to sow the seed of thanksgiving that on the strength of that thanksgiving, your faith becomes violent and that that violent faith can manifest the glory of the Lord. So I laugh at people who become critical of others if they are prospering. Because if it was you, you would like it. If you also begin to prosper, you will like it. Am I communicating? Yes. So the crisis is not just to be critical of everybody who is prospering. It's to give thanks to God and say, Lord, if you could bring this guy from the very back of Kumasi somewhere, if you, if you could bring this guy from the very back of the northern region somewhere, if you could bring this guy from a village in Nigeria that has no name on the map, and bring him this far, Lord, you can do it for me. That is what testimonies are supposed to do. They are supposed to build your faith. He said, thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. When I hear the testimonies of others, I shed tears. I'm not shedding tears because I'm hurt or anything. I'm shedding tears because all I'm saying in my heart is this God, this God, this God. One day, a guy met me and said, Pastor Sam, if it was not for you, I wouldn't have been able to complete secondary school. I remember many years. Yeah, you, you didn't even, you were not working, but you, you could send me some money to pay my school fees. When he said that, I began to cry. I said, Lord, I didn't even know what I was doing at that time. I had no, nothing. I didn't even know what I was doing. But God, you see, th- th- this is what testimonies are. My God. The testimony, that so melts my heart. Is that one guy sent me a message recently and said, Pastor, you were, pre- you were praying one day and you said there is a guy addicted to marijuana. The chain is breaking now. Pastor, from that time till now that I am sending you this message, I am free from the bondage of marijuana. Those testimonies, it melted my heart. So if you hear that testimony, you say, ah, Lord, you could take this person of this addiction. You could break this addiction of this. My own time has come. It doesn't matter the addiction you have. If you engage violent faith, you will come out of it in the name of Jesus. The last thing is that vision. Your vision also empowers your faith. Every God-given vision, it puts the visionary on the run. That is how your faith comes alive. God told the Israelites that they were going to the promised land. That was a vision. And that vision puts them on the run. So when Caleb and Joshua came to meet the people they called giants in the land, they knew the vision was yet to be fulfilled. So nothing was going to stop them. Nothing. My God. No obstacle whatsoever has the capacity to stop them anymore. Why? God gave them a vision. So when God gives you a vision, it is supposed to empower your faith. There are three things everybody goes give a vision they enjoy. There are three things. The first thing is that he goes before you. When God gives you a vision, he goes before you. John 10, 4 downwards. He said, my sheep, I lead them out. So he goes before his own sheep. The second thing is that he goes with you. Matthew 28, 20. He said, I will be with you until the end of the age. God will never leave you nor forsake you. No, that's his nature. He will be with us until the end of the age. The third thing is that he works with you. He works through you and he works for you. Once he gives you the vision, he works with you. He works through you and he works for you. God working with them, confirming their word with signs and wonders following. That is God. Hear me? I have exceeded my time. 
Next week, we'll continue the subject of faith. So next week, Thursday, make time. Yes, make time. At 6 p.m., we'll be here to talk about the subject of faith. It's going to be awesome. Make sure you don't miss out. Hear me in closing. Can you lift your hands and begin to ask God to empower your faith tonight? Ask him to empower your faith. Go ahead. That he will empower your faith. That he will empower your faith. My God. Ask him to empower your faith. Go ahead and ask him to empower your faith. My God. Ask him to empower your faith. The subject of faith. Yes. Ask him to empower your faith. That your faith will come alive. That you will be fully persuaded of the truth. Your prevailing circumstances notwithstanding. That you will stand strong in the faith. Go ahead. Ask him to empower your faith. We are wrapping up, but ask him to empower your faith. Ask him to empower your faith. I'm telling you, if you let go of your faith, you are in trouble. Ask him. Ask him to empower your faith. Ah, my God. Ask him to empower your faith. In the name of Jesus, Father, thank you for your word tonight. Bless each and everybody who connected to listen to your word. Thank you for bringing light our way. Thank you for opening doors. Thank you for empowering our faith. Thank you, Lord, for causing our gaze to be on you. Thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name. For such a time as this, we are grateful for your love. Grateful for your mercies. Grateful for all you do for us. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hear me. God bless you for tuning in. We have come to the end of yet another broadcast. It's called the Thursday Teaching. It's happening every 6 p.m every thursday that's um, 1800 gmt every thursday yes it's called the thursday teaching 1800 gmt every thursday we'll be here to share the word of god god bless you god keep you god make you mighty go blessed go empowered in the name of jesus from me and the team i say shalom peace baba It doesn't matter what comes my way, you are still God. Intentional, intentional God. Everything is working out for my good. Dependable, dependable God. It doesn't matter what comes my way, you are still God. Intentional, intentional God. Everything is working out for my good. You love me too much, oh. Too much, oh, too much, oh, excess love, oh. You love me too much, oh. You love me too much, oh. Excess love, oh. Thank you for loving me too. Unconditionally, Lord, thank you for loving me too much. Oh. 
Stay. 